Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I saw one of the saddest things I thought I'd ever see in sports this week. And it was not the NBA All-Star Weekend. What's up? It's EJ Stewart, executive producer of Maggie and Pearl Off, filling in for Maggie and Andrew here on this President's Day. Number to call in, 855-212-4CBS. I'll get to the saddest thing I saw in sports all week in a moment. But we've been talking a lot about All-Star Weekend, and I want to get to some of your thoughts on this because uh, not only, as I said before, you can hit me up via the phone line, 855 212 Four two two seven. You can also hit me up on Twitter slash X. That is uh, EJ underscore Stewart. Where you can hit me up. Give me a follow, by the way. I'm actually really close to approaching the sixteen hundred number of followers, which means nothing to you, but feels good to me if I could finally crack sixteen hundred. So you want to give your boy a follow? Follow me on Twitter slash X EJ underscore Stewart. You can also hit me up on there to tell me your thoughts and what you think of the show. What you think of what we've been talking about? A lot of it being NBA All Star Weekend. A lot of it being the future of LeBron James. We've got some uh, takes coming in on social media. So first, from uh, uh, PJC427, who tweets EJ Stewart, and when we talk about fixing the NBA weekend, NBA All-Star weekend, he said, take three NBA dunkers, have them go against three street dunkers from the city they are in. People will watch, giving incentives to the winner for the dunk contest. You know what's funny? I I don't know if I want to bring in no names. I think that is part of the problem. I don't think it's as big a problem as people think. Like, Mac McClung is doing the dunk contest. He's been great. Like, he's belonged for sure. Like, they even though they tried to rob him of the dunk contest on Saturday for some strange reason. Like, I don't know if he's been the issue. But I think the problem is if you're going to bring in guys who are no names, they have to be spectacular. You know what I'm saying? And the problem is Jacob Toppin was really good. But, like, nobody knows who he is. And he wasn't doing enough to really move the needle in terms of wide audiences. Um, I actually thought Jaime Hawkins was a rookie who's not really a dunker. He did fine. But, again, he, you bring him in because people know who he is, but then he doesn't dunk well. So you're kind of in this weird kind of no-man's land where you can find no-name guys who can dunk, but nobody cares about them. And you can find some guys with some names like Jaime Hawkins, who even though is a rookie, played in the Final Four. He's a little more familiar to NBA fans and basketball fans in general. And, of course, Jalen Brown, who is an all-star. The problem is those guys aren't great dunkers. You're kind of in this no-man's land. I don't know if bringing in more guys who people have never heard of makes the dunk contest better. I also think that if you think NBA players are scared of losing a dunk contest to just regular NBA players, you think they're going to want to lose to some guy playing in the 2024 equivalent of the Anwa mixtape tour? Like, they're not trying to lose to, you know, main event in, in <laughs> the professor. And, you know what I'm saying, the slam dunk contest, though the professor doesn't really dunk. But you know what I'm saying. Like, they don't want to lose to, you know, half man, half amazing and 50 
in a slam dunk contest. If they don't want to lose to, you know, they're scared of losing to Mac McClung. They definitely ain't doing that. So I don't think that happens. I appreciate the tweet. We also got uh, drop down uh, on Twitter hitting me. EJ loving the show. You can't fix an all-star game without fixing the whole NBA. The product is still bad. I have a hard time with the NBA and watching it. Uh, Pet did say that it hit core. Nostalgic, that's me. More all-star uh, after NBA like the NFL. Anyway, love bo- love from Boise. Um, some of that last part I didn't quite get. But the earlier part in terms of fixing the whole NBA, I think that the play th- there is a problem. I don't know if the NBA is completely broken the way people uh, make it out to be. I do think they're falling into a very dangerous trend where they keep making excuses for why everything doesn't matter. Making an excuse why the regular season doesn't matter. Then you make an excuse for why the All-Star game doesn't matter. Like, at what point do we get to the point where we say, okay, the playoffs don't really matter? Because to me, if you're the eighth seed or you're the seventh seed, and you're probably going to get crushed in the playoffs anyway. Like, I'm watching these highlights again. I'm watching Trey Young playing in the All-Star game last night. Like, why wasn't he playing hard? Because I know damn sure the Hawks ain't doing jack come playoff time, whether they make it or not. Like, he shouldn't be saving himself for anything, right? Like, there are guys here playing in the All-Star game that teams won't. Apollo Bancaro, the Orlando Magic, they're a nice, fun story. They aren't doing anything come playoff time. So why is that guy giving 30% effort? Like, it doesn't even make sense. So we continue to keep saying, well, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter. But no, wait till the NBA Finals. Well, it's a bad it's a bad precedent for your sport and for your league that it starts in October and say, okay, we're gonna start in October, but nothing you watch matters and nobody will care until June. If that's the case, you should make the NBA playoffs and make the NBA season just make it a, a full season tournament. Like the in season tournament model that you started with the regular season uh, this year. Just extend that to the whole season. To say this whole season is an in-season tournament. And that's how we're going to decide an NBA champion. Because you can't go five, six, seven months saying that nothing you do matters and expect people to pay attention for just one series. Because at this point, this is becoming closer to what we're going to actually be seeing soon. 855-212-4227. So those are just some of the tweets that we had uh, come into the show. You can hit me up again, 855-2124-CBS, or hit me up on Twitter, slash X, uh, EJ underscore Stewart. Let's get to Roger, who's in Washington. What's up, Roger? You're on CBS Sports Radio with EJ. Hey, nice talking to you again there, buddy. Uh, doing a great job tonight. All your callers are making great points. Um, that they are. Thank you, Roger. What do you got Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I finished second to my teammate who was a year older than me in a dunk contest in the 84. No, 83, 83. And I came back, and I really wanted to win in 84. And all I got was a pair of shoes that were about six sizes too small. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just did it for the pride. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And and I think and my dad, he played, he graduated in 36. He was the first player I ever played with, and he went out to half court and started shooting one shot after another and make it from half court to inside shots. And I've got his uh, rule book from 34. And these guys wouldn't score 200 points in that game <laughs> play back in those, those days. They wouldn't score two points because they'd be traveling every time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. And no, the game I has changed you. so much. That it's not even recognizable for me when I played, and I graduated '85, and I played off and on in a pro, tried out for pros till '98, and the game from even that time frame to now has changed so much, it's not even recognizable to me. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, Roger, and uh, and thank you much for the phone call. I do appreciate it. The games are going to change, you know, and like, and that's you know, some of some of our pushback is like the NFL is unrecognizable from what it was 
you know, in 85 and 84. Like, if you turn on a game from the NFL in 84, you think that guy's going to just be running free over the middle, not getting touched. Or if you get, you know, if they just hit you a little hard, they're going to throw a 15-yard flag and throw you out of the game. Like, that's not happening in the NFL today. I'm not sure if the game itself changing is as much a problem as much as the competitive spirit of the players is more of the problem. Because maybe guys aren't getting their heads taken off over the middle when they play in the NFL today, but I don't sit there and watch NFL games wondering if the competition level is where it should be for a professional game. And that's the problem with the NBA. I think that on most nights, if you follow a, a you follow a good team, like I, I watch the New York Knicks every day. And look, I have Tom Tittle as our head coach, so maybe that's going to be a little different experience for everybody else. But I feel like the Knicks play every night, and most of the time they play hard. Most of their guys play, and they win, they lose, whatever happens. But I don't leave those games with this like, oh, my God, those guys just mailed it in this night. Like, I don't feel that. And I think most fans that root for good teams don't feel that way. But if you are rooting for the Hawks or, like, the Warriors or Lakers even, teams that are veteran teams that they truly don't care about the regular season, Maybe that's a different experience. I think that that's more of the problem. It's the competitive spirit is the issue, not necessarily the way the game is being played. Though I think that is part of the problem. I say in all sports, I think the fact that analytics, I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that's like analytics ruin sports, but there is a part of analytics that I think is troublesome is that it is taught all sports and all teams in all sports to play the exact same way. And I think what ends up happening is from a viewing standpoint, the, the, it's not it's not as watchable a game any of these sports are as they used to be. Like when I would turn on a game in 2005, and I was going to watch the Patriots. No, oh no, let's take the Patriots out. Let's say I'm going to watch the Indianapolis Colts facing the Baltimore Ravens. There was some excitement to that because I knew I was going to get a clash of styles. Like I was going to get one team that was going to be trying to no huddle, make big plays down the field, was a more of a finesse team, and they were going to be playing one way. And I was going to be watching the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to be playing smash mouth, physical, time control, and seeing the clash of styles and seeing two elite forces playing their best ball the way they know how to play and seeing who wins out in the end. That's what made, to me, sports beautiful. Same thing with the NBA. If I was turning on a game in 2003 and I got, you know, the Detroit Pistons with Larry, Larry Brown coaching them with Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton. And they're going up against the Kings. And it's Pedro Stoyakovic, it's Mike Bibby, or before that it was Jason Williams, and it's Chris Webber, and it's Lottie Divock, and they're running up and down the court. They're shooting threes. They're moving the ball around. They're trying to score 120 points a game. Seeing those clashes of styles actually made sports better. It actually made sports fun because it was exciting to see what would happen. In fact, part of the reason why we thought no one could ever win shooting jump shots was because a lot of times those teams that tried to play that way would run into a team like the Spurs or Pistons and they would lose. But at least we got to see something that wasn't so predictable. Now I think the problem is with NBA, everybody wants to run around, spread the court, shoot threes. Nobody's going for layups. Nobody's going for post-ups. NFL, everybody's throwing the ball around the yard. Everybody's trying to throw 4,000 yards. Defenses aren't really coming after you the way they used to. They're all playing semi-prevent defense, just looking to brush the passer. That's the only chance of stopping offenses today. Major League Baseball, everybody's playing the exact same way, trying to hit home runs, not playing small ball. Like, 
I'm not saying one way is better than, is better than the other. The problem is everyone's playing the same way. And a lot of that is because analytics tell you, well, if you want to win, this is actually the most efficient way to do it. But the problem is not everyone has Steph Curry. Okay? Not everyone has Shohei Otani and, you know, Bryce Harper. They get 50 home runs a year. Not everyone has Patrick Mahomes. So when you see these other teams trying to play that way, it looks like it looks terrible. The, like, the product in all these sports has diminished because you have teams playing away without the right kind of personnel to actually succeed in that kind of play. So I appreciate the call. And I think Roger makes some interesting points, but I think beyond just the way the game is being played being a problem, I think the fact that everyone plays the same is a problem. I think the fact that the competitive spirit of these games, especially in the NBA, doesn't feel like it's as high as it should be. Those, to me, are bigger problems than just, like, you know, just the way the game was played today compared to the way the game was played in 1985. Because guess what? There were teams in 1985 that didn't play defense. Like, I, newsflash for some folks. If you ever watched the Denver Nuggets play basketball in 1985 when they had Doug Moe as their coach, they were breaking all the scoring records. They weren't playing any defense. <laughs> but the problem was they they played that way because given their team and the altitude, they thought that that was their best chance to win. It was strategy. There is no strategy, I think, in a lot of these sports now. I may sound like old man yelling at cloud right now. I'm only 32. I don't think I'm that old. But back in my day. <laughs> but if we really want to get down to what's actually wrong with sports, I didn't plan to go on that rant. But, like, I really think that that's a, that's a huge issue. It's not that analytics itself is ruining the game. It's the fact that everyone's taking analytics and seeing, seeing it in only one lens and decide, okay, we only got to win. We can only win this way. So regardless of what kind of team we have, we're going to try to win this way. And I think that's a major problem. 855-212-4227. I saw the saddest thing all week in sports, and somehow it actually wasn't some of those disastrous dunks from Jalen Brown on Saturday night. So it actually came from the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, they put out an article this past week, and they're one of the teams, the Steelers, that, that are. They are one of the teams that, we're looking at and wondering what's going to happen with their quarterback situation. They decided to bring back Mike Tomlin. They had a team that was like, it felt like in turmoil pretty much the entire season. Players upset, coach not getting uh, the players on the right page, the coach is upset at the media asking them his future after the playoff loss. It just was a, a mess of a season for the Steelers despite making the playoffs. And the season didn't go the way they wanted to. They were a team that some people thought could be a dark horse Super Bowl team. But they are a team with talent. Their defense has talent. You know, T.J. Watt is a stud. Highsmith is a stud. Hayward's a stud. Fitzpatrick's a stud. They got plenty of defensive players. And despite their offense being so mediocre, they also got some dudes on offense too. Warren's awesome. Pickens is a knucklehead. But we know Pickens is talented. Deontay Johnson also could be a little bit of a knucklehead, but we know Deontay Johnson is talented. They got players, but one of their main problems is they've had inconsistent quarterback play. So we come into this offseason seeing that the Steelers have decided to essentially run it back, not changing the front office, not changing the head coach, bringing back a lot of the same guys on offense and defense. You said, okay, well, if they're going to run it back, if they're going to want to make some noise, they're going to have to make some kind of move at quarterback. Because Kenny Pickett, we've seen two years of him, hasn't been all that great. This year he wasn't all that healthy. Maybe that was part of it, but the returns have not been great on that first-round pick. Mitchell Trubisky is already off the team. 
they've already. I mean, the I don't even know if, if this. I think I don't know if the Chiefs had even. I don't know if they even got to the to the champagne shower before Mitchell Trubisky was cut. That's how fast it happened. Like the uh, Travis Kelsey is is yelling. You have you gotta fight for your right. And then Adam Schefter right on the bottom line. By the way, Mitchell Trubisky's been cut. He couldn't even <laughs> get the words out, and Mitchell Trubisky was already gone. So they at least got that part of the problem figured out. They decided that Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be part of that future anymore. But then I read this article from the from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And it says that internally, the Pittsburgh Steelers are struggling with who should be their starting quarterback next year. Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett? I've never seen more unserious behavior by a team that claims they're trying to win a championship in my entire life than a team trying to decide whether Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett should be their starting quarterback next year. That's like... No, God, please, no, no. That is uh, that is what you're hearing from Western Pennsylvania right now. I know, I know that that guy is from Scranton, Pennsylvania, that we heard Michael Scott. But you travel far west, that's probably what you're hearing from the Pittsburgh Nation. Hearing that a th- apparently the team is struggling with the concept of whether or not they should start Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett. That is the saddest. Option uh, choices that you could possibly have for a quarterback situation for a team that's trying to win champions. Again, you want to talk about unserious behavior? There's nothing more unserious than telling your fan base that you're trying to win a Super Bowl, but that your options are Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, and you don't even know who to start. That's the crazy thing. Not only are those your options, they can't even decipher between the two who they should, who should start. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, this is sad. This is like deciding between your leftover lasagna your mom made five, five, five days ago or getting the McRib at McDonald's for dinner. You're trying to decide what you want to do for dinner. You're like, well, I got this five-day-old lasagna or I can go get a McRib. With I, I will not tolerate have in my any McRib slander on this show. Sorry, man. McRib is not for me. The Steelers are essentially deciding between the NFL McRib and five-day-old lasagna for their starting quarterback. And they're trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that is horrendous, bro. How do you explain that to your fans? You haven't won a playoff game since I was in high school, basically. And I like Mike Tomlin. I want Mike Tomlin to be the Jets coach. But that guy is not winning a playoff game in X amount of years. And you told your fans that, you know what? We're going to bring him back. And we're going to do the same thing because we think that eventually we're going to break through. And in the first report coming out of Steeler Nation... In the offseason where there's actually excitement, we say, okay, last season didn't go so well, but, you know, we got some pieces. We're bringing some guys back. These guys will get older, a little more mature. There's some quarterbacks now that might be on the market. Hey, maybe we could do something. And the first report out of Steeler Nation is we trying to decide between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett? What are we talking about? What are we actually talking about? And if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you should be ashamed of that organization. They are wasting your time. This is an organization, we're talking about championships. They got one for the thumb, then they got another one. This is not the New York Jets, okay? This is not the Carolina Panthers, these sad sack organizations that are just looking for any kind of hope. There's actually a level of expectation that comes with wearing the black and gold. And you watch that crappy quarterback play for 17 games in a postseason, 
and you're going to come back in the offseason, the first thing you're thinking about is, all right, Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. I don't know. Which one? Which is which? I can't tell. I mean, come on, man. You got to do better than that, Pittsburgh. You got to do better than that. There are plenty of options that will be great. Kirk Cousins is out there. I think Russell Wilson will be available. He's got to figure out his contract situation. Hell, even give me a young guy like Justin Fields. At least show me he's trying. Like, to me, you saying we're going to come back with Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, which is insane to me that a championship team is talking about Mason Rudolph starting an NFL season in week one. Like, that shows me you're so not serious about winning a championship. You're so not really serious about breaking this drought of playoff losses. And if you're going to do that, then why the hell did you bring back Mike Tomlin? Because if, if, you, if you decide, okay, we're going we're gonna to get rid of the coach, but hopefully with different coaching, maybe Rudolph and maybe Pickett, maybe those guys somehow figure it out. Like, if you want to tell me that, it sounds insane to me still, but it's all right, look, they got a new coach, new philosophy. Let's see what's going on. And I know they signed an offensive coordinator. But then they signed a guy who may be the most unimaginable offensive coordinator they could have hired. Arthur Smith plays football like it's 1994. You're a team that went weeks not being able to score touchdowns. And you're saying that this is going to be the guy that's going to change life for the Steelers offense? This is going to be the guy that's going to be the imaginative Steeler play caller? This is the guy that's going to get the most out of Kenny Pickett and freaking... Mason Rudolph. Jalen Warren's like punching the air when Arthur Smith got hired. He's like, damn, I'm never going to touch the ball again. <laughs> we see how we see how Arthur Smith screwed up B. John Robinson, screwed up Kyle Pitts. You think he's going to really maximize the weapons of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, they thought Matt Canada was a problem. What is going on in Pittsburgh, dude? It's 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 pathetic, man. And I think the reason why I'm angry, I'm, I'm not a Steeler fan, but when I sit in this chair, like I feel like I'm one of you. Steeler fan, Chiefs fan, Bucks fan, whatever fan you are. We sitting here, we just talking sports. And if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm sitting here, I'm saying, yo, we got an NBA, excuse me, a, a Super Bowl caliber team. And we got a great roster. And now, okay, we come into the offseason. We got one more, we got one more, one more piece to add. The quarterback position. And there's actually guys available. And you tell me that I'm trying to decide between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, again, just go eat that five-day lasagna. You might as well. Because I wanted to puke when I read that article. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4TBS. What should the Steelers do this offseason? Is the Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett basket one that the Steelers should be digging in? I think definitely not. But I want to hear from you, 855-212-4227. Also talking NBA All-Star Weekend. NBA's got to do a lot of things to change it. We can't have what happened this weekend. We got a lot more on that and other stuff coming up on Maggie and Perloff. This is EJ Stewart filling in. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's up? It's EJ Stewart filling in for Maggie and Perloff here on CBS Sports Radio. Number to call in, 855-212-4227. We're just talking about the saddest QB dilemma maybe in the history of Super Bowl contenders we've ever seen. Leftover lasagna or McRib? That is basically what the Steelers are contemplating when talking about whether we we should bring back Mason Rudolph as a starting quarterback or Kenny Pickett. For a team that claims to be trying to win a Super Bowl, like that, this is not like I'm not like if this was the Carolina Panthers or this was some sad sack organization making this decision, I'd say, look, it doesn't really matter. That team's terrible. Like they're just really punting every season until they figure out a real plan. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six Super Bowl championships. All the legends that are played in the black and gold. A fan base that is starving for Super Bowl contention for playoff wins, even. And after this very draining NFL season, like they found a way to salvage it and make the playoffs. But after this draining experience that was the NFL season for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you come back and a week after the Super Bowl, you tell them that our, we're trying to decide between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. That's a slap in their face, man. It's a real slap in their face. And it really saddens me for the Steelers nation. All they want to see is competitive football. And it's what they deserve. It's not like they're a team that's in rebuild mode. If they were a team that had nobody, I'd say, okay, maybe I could find a way to, you know, understand why they're where they're taking this slow route in terms of rebuilding the quarterback position. This is a team that has stars everywhere. And they're telling that fan base, no, 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 don't worry. Kenny Pickett, third year, we'll get it figured out. Or no, no, no. Mason Rudolph, a guy that we basically kept trying every other quarterback besides him for the last four or five years since he's been on the team. We've tried everyone else besides him. But no, we're actually going to go back to him potentially because he actually won us a few games down the stretch. This cannot be the way the Steelers are trying to end this season. To begin this next season. They have to make a more serious move. 
This is the most unserious conversation I think I've ever had about a team that's claiming to be Super Bowl contenders. 855-212-4TBS. Let's go to Sean, who's in Oregon. Wants to get in on the Steelers conversation. What's up, Sean? You're on CBS Sports Radio with EJ. Hey, EJ, you're doing a great job filling in. I love what you're saying this morning. I love what you said about analytics. And, you know, I'm Thank a you. member of Steeler Nation. Steeler Nation is America's team. Anybody that goes to any football games, no Steelers show up. Mm. And, you know, every team goes through some thin years, and quarterback problems are always, like, one of the biggest problems. You know, I, I've, I've seen Steelers go through some thin years in the 80s. You know, I remember rooting for Bubby Brister. And I'll tell you what, they're not going to show their cards. Chicago mm. Bears ain't showing their cards on what they're doing with their draft pick. Steelers, ain't nobody going to do that. Mm. So something's going to happen. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to stay the course. Steeler Nation don't panic. And we're just going to, whoever gets in there, we're going to ride and die with that quarterback. Steelers always had stars. We've always had great defense. And every single team out there has problems with quarterback position. This is one of the hardest positions to have solved. You know, but Steelers are going to do something. And we ain't, we ain't, we ain't losing any faith. We're going to stay strong. And Steeler Nation, don't worry about this. Don't panic at all. Something's going to happen before training camp. We're going to have a, we're going to have a quarterback in there. I wouldn't mind seeing Justin Fields. I wouldn't mind that at all. And I think the, the quarterbacks they got now, the quarterbacks they have now are going to be rooting for second place. That's what they're talking about. You know, uh, yeah, I hear Pickett. Uh, you're, you're talking about uh, Mason right. Rudolph. Those guys are going to be second string on that team. Mm. Interesting point, Sean, and very good points. Thanks so much for the phone call. And shout-outs to Steeler Nation, Sean from Oregon, repping the Steelers. That's an interesting point about, like, could they possibly be debating two guys who will maybe – one of them stays but isn't actually the starter. There's a, I think with Kenny Pickett, maybe there's a small chance that that's the case. Maybe they say, hey, Kenny Pickett, like you're young. Um, you're not there yet, but maybe in a year or two, like you could figure it out. Maybe they do kind of what the Jets wanted to do with Zach Wilson, where they say, hey, you need a retro year. Let's bring in like a veteran for one year, like a Russell Wilson, and see how that goes. And maybe with a year of sitting and watching, maybe you come back and you're actually a better quarterback. There's a chance that that's the case. But I still find it a little hard to believe. And the one thing I thought about, because I thought about the same thing, Sean, I thought, like, is there a way that Steelers somehow, like, there's a strategic advantage to going into the offseason telling other teams that, hey, forget about all those other guys that are out there on the market. We're actually deciding between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. I just couldn't find any reason that made any sense as to why that would be a, a – an advantage for the Steelers. Because one, again, one of the top free one of the top quarterbacks available is a free agent. Like Kirk Cousins. I don't know what it does to tell him that we're not thinking about you, we're thinking about um, you know, Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. So I there's no leverage to get gained by him. He'll just go to the ten other teams that are probably looking for his services. And if you're an opposing team, if you're a team that's trying to offload a quarterback, like if you're the Bears or if you're the Broncos, those are two teams that initially come to mind, but there could be other teams that may decide that they want to move on from court. If you're the Seahawks, does the, do the Steelers telling the world that they're not interested in bringing in a guy on the outside somehow help them? I think maybe it helps those other teams. Because I think what happens is if I'm the Seahawks, I say, you know, if I go call Atlanta or I do, if I go call one of these other teams, Carolina, if they want to maybe sit Bryce for a year, 
I say, well, look, one of the other teams that would have been a competitor, like they're, you know, they're not, they're not in this. Well, actually, told so in the flip side, it's actually the opposite. So it actually hurts those other teams. Because if I'm the Seahawks, I'm like, what the hell, dude? Like now it's another competitor. I don't have to compete against. So they actually don't have competing offers. So I kept trying to think, like, is there any way that this helps the Steelers in a negotiating ploy that they can tell you, well, actually, just go back to the, you know, go back to the Falcons with your offer for, uh, you know, whatever, like for for Kirk Cousins or not Kirk Cousins, for like Justin Fields. Like, we ain't buying. Like, well, that, okay, those teams then could probably trade for those guys for much less in theory. So I don't know really what the advantage is of playing this game of chicken with these players and saying, well, we're actually going to bring the guys we have back as opposed to actually doing something different. Let's get one more call. Let's get Gary, who's in Oregon. What's up, Gary? You're on CBS Sports Radio with EJ. Hey, good morning, EJ. Uh, so uh, what I got to say is the man, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is more of, you know, the opinions. I used to live in Pittsburgh. Uh, but my guess is I believe Mason Rudolph, he's going to, he's just going to test free agency. He's not coming back this year. They're going to move. They need to move Kenny Pickett to the second string, go trade for Justin Fields, and then pick up Bo Nix or Michael Penix from the draft. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea, Gary. And thank you so much for the phone call. I, I like it. I think you got to do something drastic. Whether it's getting a veteran and getting a rookie, whether it's trading up in the draft and getting one of these high-end rookie quarterbacks, they got to do something drastic. You cannot come back to your fan base and say, well, it's, you know, we're just going to go with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Like, that's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. So I don't hate that idea, but I'm only going off what I'm reading. And I I don't have any aspersions about what the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette does or doesn't. But, you know, this wasn't them saying this is their opinion that they're going to choose between Mason Rudolph and uh, Kenny Pickett. They said, I'm reading the quote, there appears to be some internal division that maybe Mason Rudolph should be the starter. That is what's in the article. Like, they're trying to decide going into next season who should be the starter. Not who, not even who should be on the roster. That would be my question. I'd be saying, yo, one of these guys is going to have to go when we bring in a new veteran or a new rookie, and which guy's going to go. They're not even deciding that. They're deciding who should start next year. And it appears to be, according to the article, an internal division. That's not really... An opinion, that's what they're saying that they're hearing. Now, I'm not, I don't have the reporting. I'm not you know, the reporter. Or I don't have the sources. So I don't know what to tell you, but I don't I don't know. I, I take this way more at face value. And the reason why I think I take it a little bit at face value is because of how Mike Tomlin plays football. Like Mike Tomlin tried to do it the other way. When they had Le'Veon Bell and they had Antonio Brown and Ben Rosberg was still there, the Killer Bees. They transitioned from a run-first team to a more pass-happy offense. Ben Rothberg was thrown for almost 5,000 yards playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they didn't win anything. They would win in the regular season, but they, they were losing the playoffs. They lost to Jacksonville one year. They, they had some really bad losses to New England in the playoffs. Like, it, for whatever reason, that formula with those teams just didn't work. Even though I don't think it was really – I don't think it was the formula that was the problem. I think at the end, those teams just were – the timelines were off. You had a young offense that was emerging, but then you had a defense that wasn't quite what it used to be. So they, they never really found the right mixture of guys, I think, to get over the hump. And then now we know, like, they had, again, you want to talk about the ultimate knuckleheads. I mean, again, they had Le'Veon Bell and uh, and, and, and Antonio Brown as their leaders on offense. So that's not going to win you much. So I think that that was more of the problem than anything else. 855-212-4227. We have the great Pete McCarthy here for updates. Pete, what's happening, my man? How you feeling? 
Oh, good, EJ. Well, one more thought on the NBA All-Star Game, then we'll get to college hoops and uh, Rick Pitino's meltdown yesterday. But Damian Lillard starting an All-Star Game for the first time, made his mark, won MVP of the game. Feel-good story, you'd think. But Lillard was booed in Indiana when he won because they wanted their hometown guy, Tyrese Halliburton, to win the award. And Halliburton put up 32 points, played well. And Ernie Johnson went uh, right at Lillard with it, noting that the All-Star MVP usually isn't booed. I expect it. You know, we in his hometown, we in his building. He had a great game, but it's an honor. You know, I've been here quite a few times, so to be able to have this type of accomplishment is special. Seemed like a miss when you could have given it to the the hometown guy. Halbert was everywhere. Yeah, I was. I was pleasantly not pleasantly. I was a, a tad surprised they gave it to Lillard. Like, look, Lillard scored the most points on the winning team, and yeah. he had some amazing shots from again fifty feet out. Like, truly incredible. Shots probably on one of the very few highlights from this game were those shots. But, I mean, Hal Burton was great, too. His numbers were comparable. He made some really nice passes. He scored over 30 points. He had that barrage in the first quarter where he scored 15 points in, like, like less than two minutes. So, yeah, I was I was a little surprised they went with Hal Burton, given how much the fans were clearly pulling for – excuse me, went for Lillard, mm-hmm. you know, considering how much the fans were really pulling for Hal Burton. But if there was any idea, I know they tried to rig the dunk contest, but if there was any thought of them trying to rig who should win MVP, that clearly didn't happen because if the fans got what they wanted, they would have gave it to uh, the hometown guy in Tyrese Halliburton. And a cool note for Lillard, he won the three-point competition as well. Only Michael Jordan won a Saturday night event and was named MVP in the same All-Star weekend. So Lillard pulling that, that off. Is, that, is, uh, that is one of, that 1988 Jordan season is one of the most incredible seasons because you had Jordan winning the dunk contest, the All-Star Game MVP, I, I believe he was either MVP of the league or and or defensive player of the, of the, of the MV, uh, defensive player of the, of the year as well in one season. Um, so I don't know if we we'll ever see something like that again. Like literally, I don't think it's gonna be an MVP conversation. But when we talk about '88 Jordan, that is a special year for Mike. The true one special year before we get to the championship years, uh, beginning in '90-91. He was pretty good, that guy. Here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's approaching. Good. Approaching college hoops time on the calendar now, and it's like the women's game has been a larger part of the conversation than the men this season, but there was a big men's college hoops upset yesterday. Ohio State, whom fired head coach Chris Holtman on Wednesday, had Jake Diebler filling in as interim head coach, his first assignment, Zach Eady and number two Purdue, and wouldn't you know it, Ohio State beating Purdue 73-69. to Diebler said he was tired postgame. One of the guys on our staff comes up to me. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, well, you look a little flushed. I'm like, well, I'm hot. And I've been coaching hard, you know. But I was nervous going into this game. There's, you know, be just full transparency. I was nervous, absolutely. Diebler, 37 years old, gets the opportunity and a big upset there, which is kind of cool. But then you have the other end of the spectrum, Rick Pitino, 71 years old. He's trying to reignite the glory days of St. John's basketball. It's uh, not going well. St. John's blowing another second-half lead. They lose for the eighth time in 10 games. Patino calling it the most unenjoyable experience he's had since coaching, and he went after his team. It's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. Not tough, non-athletic, went on to call out his individual players' physical limitations one by one, and Patino then asked if he regrets taking the job. No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things. 
but I'm really disappointed <laughs> in my team. Too late for that, Rick. Coach? <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong things. I'm like, well, you should have stopped yeah. like five minutes before if you didn't want to say the wrong things. He called the facilities at St. John's, to use a word I can't use, but essentially crappy. Oh, wow. I mean, just everywhere, all over. Yeah, and there was a lot of hope for Rick between that St. John's, and I still have hope. I think Rick is – I'm not crazy about him as a character, but I think him as a basketball coach, I think he's still one of the best. I think he's learning the hard lesson that a lot of these coaches are learning in the NIL transfer porter era. Mm-hmm. This idea that you could come in and just change a whole roster – and turn things around in one year and actually have a team that is uh, has continuity, a team that plays together, a team that understands each other, that understands their coach and their philosophy. It's so impossible. It is so impossible. And, you know, he came in and basically, you know, he basically took the coach prime approach when he got to St. John's. He basically came mm-hmm. in and said, uh, you know, go, go, everybody go and get in that portal. Like They lost almost their entire team except for one or two guys. And he wanted to bring in some of his own guys, wanted to bring in guys from other schools. And it just has not worked out. And he's looking at the roster saying, well, what was I supposed to do in one year? It's like, well, maybe you should have kept some of those other guys. At least to build your program. I know he's an older guy, but you can't expect to just flip over a roster with 10 new guys and say, well, they're going to just know exactly how I want to play basketball. It doesn't work that way. No, it hasn't at all. Yeah, you got to give Patino a year or two there. But if you have meltdowns like this over and over and over, you're, you're not going to get that time. And I think this was even if you're Rick Patino. Oh, yeah, and I think that this was, to me, like clearly like a last resort in terms of trying to get his team to turn this mm-hmm. around because as bad as it has been, they're not completely, utterly dead from the NCAA tournament picture. Before last night's, uh, yesterday's game, I saw they were like in the last four in for uh, Joe Lenardi, so they're not completely dead. So I think for him, he's like, look, I got to do something, anything to get this team playing the right way and maybe get some momentum going into the Big East tournament and maybe we could steal one of these last spots. But it ain't going to happen unless I make drastic measures. And I think that, to me, seeing Rick be that candid, I think was clearly a, a drastic measure of him trying to get, wake up his team that is absolutely floundering right now. Trying to toughen him up, I guess, the uh, the old school way. There you go. Absolutely. Thank you so much to the great uh, Pete McCarthy. Again, number to call in 855-212-4227. That is 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, I said earlier, we talked about the Steelers and how unserious their pursuit of a championship is considering they're debating between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett as a starting quarterback. There is one team who may be becoming very serious and it may be a team that is completely not on your radar. I'll tell you who that is and why I think that is in a second. Is EJ Stewart filling in for Maggie and Perloff. We'll be right back. What's happening? EJ Stewart, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. No Maggie, no Andrew. No Pete the Body Bilotti. No Andrew Bogish. Everybody honoring President's Day the way they would like to. No uh, hard hat guys. No, yeah, yeah, I guess not, apparently. Some celebrate different than others. For If you're bogish, that means listening to, I guess, 24 hours of Dave Matthews. Is that what you do when you go to a Dave Matthews resort, I guess? I don't even know what that thing is. I, I, I've been trying to figure it out. Like, I, I follow, shout out to my guy, Andrew Bowie. I follow him on social media. I follow him on Instagram. And I feel like he's explained it to me before. <laughs> but I was trying, again, this weekend to figure out exactly what it is. It seems cool, but does it? <laughs> so here's what I'll say. Bogish is out. He's at, like, a, a, he's at, like, a beach resort. And I guess throughout the week, Dave Matthews is doing concerts. 
So, so that's why Carlos questioned whether or not it was cool. Well, look, I like beach resorts, and I like music, and I like going to concerts. So all of those things seem cool. Dave Matthews, is it for me? But look, my thing was, hey, if like you told me J. Cole was doing this, or you told me, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar was doing this, or you told me Nas was doing this, I'd be very, I think I'd be into it. But then the, only, the only thing I had a problem figuring out was, don't you get tired of listening to the same music for five days? And that's the problem that I was ha- I had with Bogus. I'm like, dude, like you've seen Dave Matthews like 38 times minimum. Like, how do you not get over it? And he's just like, oh, you go for the vibe and the experience. As a as a fellow music connoisseur, dude, I can't subscribe to that. Like, right. I saw Jay and Kanye for their Watch the Throne, their that first initial right. tour before Kanye went off the rails completely. I saw him once. Then they never needed to see him again. Interesting. I'm good. I, I could cross it off the list because there's so many acts that I want to see. I, I I can't listen to like it's like eating the same meal like every day. Like oh, I love pizza, so I'm just gonna smash pizza Monday through Thursday. It doesn't work like you get sick yeah. of it. I don't mind. I don't mind going to repeat acts for concerts. Like I, I've been to several Logic concerts. I think I've seen Nas several times. Um. I don't now. He sees Dave Matthews a lot, <laughs> but I don't know if I can see one act as many times as he has. But like, even the whole volume of his whole Dave Matthews listening, I don't think that I understand. Maybe a little bit. I don't understand the Dave Matthews in a week. Like, if you told me I had to listen to one artist for a week, I think at by day three, I'm like, yo, bro, like, can I get somebody else? <laughs> like, like that's the thing I don't understand. It's like it's it's it's. Is this Dave Matthews? Yeah, can we imagine listening to this for a week straight? Look, I, I'm I'm one of those folks that say, hey, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, I guess. Like, if this is what you like, all good. I won't talk about your artist. You don't talk about my artist. So, you love Dave Matthews. You love any artist. That's fine. It's not my cup of tea, but it maybe it's yours. My question, though, is even if it was my cup of tea, what I had, by the way, right here. <laughs> I've been drinking all day. Um, Like... I don't know if I'd want to do that for five days in a row. Like, isn't at one point too much of a good thing? Like, I love ice cream. Do I want to have ice cream for dinner five days in a row? Of course you do. I don't think it wouldn't be good for my waistline. Wouldn't be good. It'd be great for my doctor's bills, probably. They would probably love it. But it doesn't seem like the greatest idea. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.